Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the goodbye YouTube party. And you will see I have my appropriate party hat that is a happy birthday hat because they don't have a goodbye YouTube hat at the 100 yen store here in Japan, but close enough. I wanted to have one of those things that you blow on to make the noise. I don't even know what you call them, but uh, they didn't have them at the 100 yen store either. Um, as you can tell from the title of this video, this is a goodbye YouTube party for some recently uh, deplatformed friends of the Corbett Report. And the big irony of all of this is that I'm still on YouTube, so this is going to go on YouTube. So in case there are any people lost out there in YouTube land who still rely on YouTube for your news and information, this would be a good reminder not to do that. So we're going to introduce you, uh, perhaps for the first time, hopefully not, but at any rate, reintroduce you to some people who have left the platform one way or another, and hopefully uh, you will be able to find other non-YouTube ways of finding them. And uh, as many people have pointed out to me recently, this is a good test because I haven't been censored off of YouTube, so clearly I am a shill. But I guess clearly you guys are not shills, so why is the shill having the non-shills on his channel? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how any of this works. Anyway, let's uh, let's get everybody on board and uh, introduce everyone, and we're going to go around the, uh, the table here. So uh, let's start with uh, Derek Bros. Derek, say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? And Thanks for having me on, James. yourself and your channel for people who don't know, or your platform more deeply. Yeah, so uh, my name is Derek Bros. I've been on James's show quite a bit over the last years. I run the website, theconsciousresistance.com. I've uh, been an independent journalist for the last 10 years, and I currently actually write for The Last American Vagabond, working with Ryan and Whitney Webb. And I've worked with nearly everybody in the independent media, from Ben Swan, obviously James, and um, old school people who passed on like Jim Mars and others. So yeah, happy to be here. And I have been purged from YouTube in the last few weeks joining the club. <laughs> Let me remind everyone, this is a party. <laughs> We're not here to be a somber and serious. We're here to have fun. Uh, okay, I'm, this I'm is ready not to party, a sad then. thing that we are being deplatformed from the controlled enemy weapons information system. That is a sign of success. I have not yet graduated to that level, but hopefully soon. Um, but yes, this is a party. We are not sad about this. This is not a sign we are losing. It is the underlining of the fact that we are winning. So on that note, Josh Sigurdsson. Well, I'm ready for a party. I got my drink here. It's 2 a.m. where I'm where I'm uh, reporting from right now, and I just joined the Cool Kids Club, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, we hope to invite you in shortly, though we do want you to be able to get your message out as much as possible over there, James. But uh, I run World Alternative Media. My name is Josh Sirtson. Uh I've been going strong for about, well, uh, I guess, eight, eight years or so now, and I'm one of the newer guys uh, among many of us, but nonetheless, good eight years. Um, doing confrontations, documentaries, reports, and, uh, you know, your usual interview style kind of reporting for alternative media, trying to break people free from the chains they revere. So I've spent uh, several years doing that, and I was um, happy to find out on October 15th of 2020, as if this year wasn't exciting enough that I got deleted off of YouTube uh, for no known reason. So, um, you know, people say you should fight it. I think it's a sign of the times because... After all, everyone's leaving mainstream media. You got to be outside of mainstream media to make it in the future. That's that's how I look at it. Hopefully, hopefully it works out that way. One hundred percent. Yes, I think so. And uh, yeah, 
whatever I was going to say was really important, but you just made me forget it. Oh yeah, eight years. You've been doing this for eight years, but you're like 16 years old. So you were like, you, know, <laughs> uh, you came out of your womb 20, with the womb with 26, a in your hand. 26, but hey, um, you know, uh, this will age me much faster. Uh, I'm <laughs> aging at me- mega speed going 18 hours a day at this kind of stuff. But look, um, you people could find me still at BitChute, at Library, at Float.app. I'm, I'm really happy to represent all these alternative uh, social media platforms at this point because, you know, we're some of the first and to be the first on board is always a good thing in the long term. And hopefully uh, we'll make a big breakout on there to get this kind of information out to the next person. Not about money at all. It's about reaching people with good information and making it possible to wake people up again from the chains they revere. Don't worry, Josh, you'll be able to grow a beard one of these decades. Speaking of which, Dan Dix, pressfortruth.ca. Hey, Dan. Hey, hey. Thanks so much for having me a part of this lovely uh, party with my like-minded people who have been axed by Alphabet Inc. Um, My name is Dan Dix. If anybody doesn't know me, I run Press for Truth. I launched it back in 2006. So for the last 14 years, I've been producing documentary films and videos that I used to put on YouTube, but uh, now am focusing on all the other decentralized platforms. So let's see. YouTube, 272,000 subscribers, deplatformed. Facebook, 350,000 subscribers, deplatformed. Um, my Twitter account just had 20,000 followers, just got deplatformed. My, my GoFundMe campaigns have been deplatformed. My MailChimp account has just been terminated. So I'm on the chopping block here, uh, James, and I'm uh, glad to be in such fine, uh, in, in some, such fine company with like-minded people. <laughs> Awesome. And there is one more participant in the party today. That's going to be Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond. Ryan, hey. Oh, yes. Thanks for having me today. I mean, this is definitely, I'm really glad that you opened it up like that, James, because this is definitely like, you know, whether it's just me trying to keep myself on that road or (laughs) telling, you know, convincing everybody else that this is the truth. It, we need to see this as a positive way forward. You know what I mean? Like this is the change. This, this is actually the thought that I had when I first saw the tweet that somebody else told me my channel had been deleted. I saw it and was like, oh, all right, all right. Well, this is the beginning, right? Like this is the start of what we've always been seeing coming. And that, and it's it was such a funny thing. It's sort of like everybody else. You know, I we've been dealing with this on and off censorship videos disappearing, you know, no real process to deal with it all. And I just had, I just had my uh, channel removed. I didn't even know somebody commented and said, Hey, your channel's gone. I came running in to look. Nope. It was gone. No email, no nothing, no process to it. They just like, I think most of you just kind of removed it and just move forward, you know? And, and I, and not, not as much as Dan has been talking about, and that's incredible to think about from email to platforms. I mean, it's so clear how much they fear the people in this show right now and how much they fear the information and more so the objectivity of the people in this channel right now. But the last American vagabond.com is what I founded in the platform or the, the channel or excuse me, the website itself. And that broadened out into YouTube and whatever else. And, and now I'm really happy that, I mean, I even just realized that all the platforms we're using that they listed, you know, Odyssey or Library, uh, BitChute, I'm now getting like a combined more views on these platforms than I ever was on YouTube. And I think that's what people need to see, just branching out of this 
comfort zone and realizing that in the moment you break away, there's a whole new world out there with all these new things happening. And so that's what we're here to talk about, I guess, is to show people that this is the path forward and they are drowning in it right now. And I think I've never seen that more obvious. And that's why they're knocking us down left and right and censoring just blatant manipulations on, on social media. So hey, check out our, any, no matter what is going on, go to the last American vagabond.com for my, for my content and the writers that write there, because that's the best place to go for our content is our, respective websites for sure. Right. So thanks for having right. us today, James. And, and writers like Derek Bros, like Whitney Webb, I mean, there's some incredibly important reporting going on there right now. So I hope people uh, are familiar with your website already, but if not, note it down, please go there. Um, yeah, th- you bring up such an important point that I want to underline. It's exciting what is happening now because it really does validate everything that we've been talking about all these years. This is what we've been talking about and preparing audiences for. This is not crazy conspiracy fantasy. No, they really do fear this information. And uh, the best way to show the world that you fear what someone has to say is to cut out their tongue. And that's exactly what they're attempting to do here. And honestly, this is the most exciting that the internet has been in a very long time. This is a point I made recently that I want to underline is that the internet used to be fun and exciting and you could discover things. And it was this, it was this brave new world. (laughs) I don't want to say that. (laughs) Final frontier. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure what the words I'm looking for, but you know what I mean. It was an exciting place to go where you could discover new things and everything was so fresh and everything was so unique and and individual and, and, and all sorts of weird things that you could find. And then it became this corporate homogenized bland social media garbage that we've seen in the past decade where I don't know about anyone else, but I almost dread Sort of, oh, I got to look through the newsfeed today. Uh, it's going to be another, you know, horrible mass of, of garbage. And it's not just the news itself. It's the way that people interact in these spaces. It's the just the bland, homogenized garbage corporate outlook of the, the social media spaces. We have a chance to pioneer again, pioneer a new space. So let's do that. And I think that's the party aspect of what we're doing today. I'll, I'll take this off my head for people who can't. Uh, concentrate with that on it. Um, but let's let's actually start by uh, Josh. I think you raised this, but let's let's start going around. What do you think it was? If there was anything in particular that was the thing that dropped the ban hammer on you? Shall I start? Sure. Um, so I, I mean, I've seen little bits of censorship over the years, and I think the first major example of censorship, though, on YouTube that I saw. Because by the way, I've been banned off of Facebook too. I'm uh, one of the cool kids there as well. But um, wh- one of the major things I saw um, was back in 2016 during the elections, and we all knew, even though I, I'm a voluntarist, I don't support either candidate. I don't support you know ruling my neighbor. But with that said. Um, you know, election years are big years for purges. It's always been the case. And uh, I remember back in 2016, I, I interviewed um, Bill Clinton rape victim Juanita Broderick. And I was one of the first people in 15 years to interview her. I dug her up somewhere on Twitter. She had like five followers at the time. And I'm like, we, you have to come out again. You have to talk. I mean, your story is important. And I interviewed her. And I remember um, I posted the video. And within a half an hour, I, I almost flipped out because Trump was sharing it, Infowars front page, Drudge Report, top story, um, you know, Tea Party and all these people that obviously I don't affiliate with and I don't support. But with that said, I, I just exploded. And 
yet the link that they were all sharing, my YouTube channel, my YouTube video, went uh, immediately up to 22,301 views and then froze for a week until Paul Joseph Watson mentioned it and it went from 22,301 views, get this, to 44,602 views, an exact doubling and then froze for seven months even though the guy to become president was sharing it, top story on Drudge, and I'm like, okay, well, that's that's pretty obvious. They're not even trying to hide that. And from there on, they got so much ballsier. They they never, ever attempted to hide any of this over the last several years. They just know they can get away with it because people will call you a denier, a bigot, or whatever they want to throw at you, whatever buzzwords they want to throw at you, even if you're not talking about the subject at hand at all. They'll call you a Nazi while using Nazi tactics. It, it's the age of Orwellian doublespeak. Everything is the opposite of what they say it is. So when you get to that point in time, they're able to use those powers to take off anything they want from the internet. And they've done that. Um, regardless of where you stand, inside or outside of the political spectrum. You see, for example, the Hunter Biden story was so obvious. You have video footage and they're like, no, it's debunked. We can't talk about that. With the election fraud stuff, which, you know, criminals, you know, manipulating an election, nothing new for any of us. But obvious examples on video. No, you can't talk about that. They'll just take you down. I mean, when it gets to this point, look at the year 2020. What news stories can you report on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or any of those um, entities this year? Uh, coronavirus? Certainly not. Um, you want to talk about, I don't know, um, the election? No. George Floyd? Certainly not. Everything that came up this year in the news, that was a big story, news reporters couldn't report on the news. So it, it goes without saying that we, with the election and everything else piled on top, it was time to leave these platforms anyway. So I actually started an initiative to leave YouTube by the 5th of November. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Well, they took me down on October 15th, so I didn't quite make it to that. But with that said, um, I, I sat back and I saw my channel go down. And I got this message on my phone saying I was bullying people because they used a message in one of my videos where I said celebrities tend to be aristocratic and talk down to people. Apparently that's bullying, whatever. They took the video down for me insulting Amy Schumer. And um, I know the truth is because I was talking about COVID. I was actually citing, by the way, I'm glad to be uh, to see Ryan here because I probably cited your guys' article, um, All Roads Lead to Dark Winter, about a thousand times this year in my videos. Um, really good stuff. And it's stuff like that. Obviously, I was going to get taken down because I'm selfish. I want old ladies to die. Um, you know, all those things that they'll throw at you. And so when I saw my channel get taken down, I laughed. And I'm like... <laughs> Finally, it was a weight off of my shoulders. I felt like I was freed from some kind of chain or, or something. I felt like I could move freely. And immediately, you know what the first thing I did? Let's see, start talking about forced vaccination, start talking about how all this is uh, a bioweapon um, you know, act that, that's being used to control us and all this kind of stuff. Stuff I was talking about on YouTube, but I would never dare put in a title of video, never dare put in the description. Now I'm like all out, you know what, all these things I talked about, but now I'm just gonna put them right at the front of the list and be as loud as possible. And it's an amazing freeing feeling. So I'm actually getting more views now on BitChute than I was on YouTube previously. Um, though, I mean, years ago I was getting, you know, 40, 60, 70,000 views per video before they shadow banned me 95% in, in 2019. But before I got taken down from YouTube after being shadow banned anyway, I'm, I'm matching if not exceeding um, the viewership I had on there. And it's one of the best things that's happened to me this year. I thought this year was bad until they took my, my channel down. And I'm like, finally, freedom. 
Yeah, I'll just jump in there. Um, yeah, I just want to say, of course, James, like you said, it's a celebration. And Ryan has been saying since he got purged and since I got purged, like the first thing you said to me after that happened, Ryan, was like, this is the beginning. This is just the beginning. And uh, I, w- I was appreciating that reminder because, of course, watching you and everybody else get purged and then sort of just knowing like, all right, my page is, my channel starting to get um, strikes for all kinds of BS and getting fact checked and all this stuff. It just, you know, it was clear. I got a one week ban, then a two week ban. And then I came back and it was gone. Uh, and, and really the thing, James, you asked, like, what was the sort of thing that dropped the hammer? I know for me and probably for Last American Vagabond as well, it was talking about Operation Warp Speed and reporting on Operation Warp Speed and just how connected the Trump administration is to the Gates Foundation, to DARPA, to Google, to Oracle, how they're planning to track people for up to two years, like all the details, the kind of nitty gritty details that none of the corporate media is getting into, even the people who are critical of it. Uh, that's, I know, what started to get my channel strikes and then get the temporary banned and and specifically the last video i did was talking about or one of the last videos was talking about the fact that part of the plan some of the contracts that uh, the u.s government has given for operation warp speed through the nih and fauci that those include uh, companies that are working on injectables and um, not only wearable technology but injectables bioelectronics all kinds of crazy stuff i really think that there is a that that's something else they don't want people to be very informed on and i i think besides the election the push for vaccines all around the world, you know, we're all in different countries, uh, that that's still a part of the agenda. They are not really wanting people to be thinking too hard about that that's on the horizon. So it does seem like those topics, not just the vaccine issue, but definitely vaccine issue and Operation Warp Speed and how that just relates to everything and quarantine camps and all this stuff. These are definitely issues I feel like they're trying to keep people away from. And I will also uh, back up what uh, Josh and Ryan said that I've just noticed in the last couple of days that my email list is going up. My text list is going up. My BitChute, Odyssey. As you know, James, we've been talking about this for five years, at least telling people about BitChute and Mines and, and now more recently Float. But all these different, I've done dozens of videos over the years saying, please come over here. And nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to listen. But now that the purges are happening to an even greater extent than they did two years ago in 2018, uh, people are, I think, finally at the point where they're realizing, like, I'm not going to be able to find this information elsewhere. But I will say for me, the, the big problem or the thing that I think we're losing, if we're losing anything, is the potential to reach normies via YouTube, which doesn't happen to the degree that it used to. Like you were describing, James, the sort of wild and free internet that used to exist is really not there. And it's been gone for a while. Most people don't realize that. They just trust their Google searches and their YouTube searches because YouTube's actually a more used search engine than Google itself. More people go to YouTube to search for whatever they're looking for. And so, you know, I just think that that's the one thing that does suck, but I do think we'll eventually overcome that is how do we just make sure we're not reaching more people within the echo chamber, but that we're still reaching that Normie McNormerson that's just stumbling across YouTube and then ends up on one of James's 9-11 documentaries or one of our videos. Uh, so that's, I think, a big uh, stumbling block at the moment is how we can overcome, keep building these platforms, but overcome the limits to reaching you know, the, the Normie on Facebook or YouTube because we're, if we're still there, we're not going to be there very long. That is one of the biggest issues that's going to step in here. Let me just interject with a little bit of breaking news for people who haven't seen it yet. As we're recording this, uh, Pfizer is apparently having phenomenal success with their new mRNA gene-altering vaccine, which uh, is, uh, they they didn't sign on to warp speed fully, but they have agreed to supply 100 million doses for the warp speed operation. So anyway, uh, and guess who's promoting it and saying this is great news and big win? 
Trump, of course, because he's going to save you from the vaccines, right? Right, everyone? No, of course not. It's all part of the plan. But anyway, uh, I will definitely have more to say on Warp Speed in the near future. So get ready for that, Gutu. I just wanted to quickly say for two seconds here, I, I thought the same about that echo chamber situation, and it is a real issue. But I do want to point out that about 12 years ago or so, um, YouTube was an echo chamber uh, away from the mainstream media when all people have is Fox News and CNN whose ratings are getting destroyed. And if, if there's no Trump in office, they're going to completely go bankrupt. Um, they were going bankrupt before Trump got into office. Trump gets into office and their ratings went up. They're going to you know, completely crash and burn. Keep in mind that YouTube used to be an echo chamber of conspiracy theory videos and cat videos, and now they're cat videos and mainstream media videos. So, I mean, I, I honestly think that while that is one of my one of my biggest concerns about going to these other platforms, people aren't stupid. I think people, if they really want to find information and they care, the people that really care at the end of the day will find themselves over at these platforms, and we're already seeing that to a great extent. Okay, Ryan, tell us your story. How do how do you think you got banned? Uh, kind of going off of what Derek said there, he's exactly right. And <clears throat> I mean, to kind of go just to the evolution of how it happened, just in this last kind of section of, you know, the COVID era, COVID scandal, I had a video that I did that was about uh, specifically a, a, a legislation that was passed in regard to 5G technology. And the fact that that happened quietly underneath all the COVID mania. Nowhere in there did I say this is connected. I did go over some information that was showing some interesting ties, but very sourced, very obvious, all factual information. That that had that was, I mean, like a fifty thousand shy of a million. Or I think it did go over a million million views. And I'm I'm only at that time I was still under a hundred thousand views, and they they deleted it completely. And it was just incredible. And the claim was that I was claiming five G was causing COVID. Just, they don't even care. You know, it's lazy. They just you know use what they have. So it, I think it's a combination of that. That topic was really sensitive for them than COVID in general. I mean, clearly relaying what CDC and World Health Organization information are putting forward, if it contracts, you know, it contradicts what they're saying before, well, that's not allowed, right? So, you know, just factual information is fake news in this COVID era. And then also what Derek was saying, when we got into Operation Warp Speed, it was very apparent, very quick, that they didn't want people pointing out the history of Robert Cadillac or, you know, how they tie in with the anthrax false flag and the, the use of a vaccine then that they knew would hurt people and they're, they're the ones testing for safety now. Or Derek's point about the profusa chip and the minimally invasive, which is a term they use for things that they inject into your body. Those are therapeutics even, as Derek pointed out in some cases, right? It's just that stuff that they don't, the point is, I think those strike at the, the root of the two-party illusion. And that's what they wanted to get out of the way, you know? And I think that's what it was for us, is they just knocked us out of the way before the election, before all this was going to come together. And and to the point about, there's some, the, the oh, I wanted to include that I, I was not banned by YouTube. I was banned by Google. And I think this is a new part of this. And it wasn't, I'm seeing this in most cases now for people that get banned. And I think the reason they do this now is they want to make it where it's, it's sort of like a, like a, a platform, not YouTube, but like a Google level. So you can't start a new account if you don't do it without, you know, VPN in a secret way or so on. So I have my backup channel that's still up, but I have no access to it other than my restream.io that just happened to still have a backend connection, which is why I'm still streaming there, but I can't pick a video, uh, an image or so on, you know? And so it's just, it's, it's interesting, the escalation that's happening. And I think it's going to a level that's like, you know, straight up Google platform down, like Google searches, email, like I'm noticing already some funky stuff with my Gmails, which I'm just like not even using anymore. You know, it's stuff like that. And I do want to make one quick comment on the Pfizer thing. I talked about that today. And it's really important to note that 
even Forbes wrote an article about this, that their trials, the safety trials were designed to succeed. Pfizer specifically only needed seven people out of 59 to come down with, uh, with no symptoms, and that's a success. And so if it was 90% effective, that means that only one, right, in seven out of this whole thing. I mean, that's crazy talk. And so this is what they're, they're tricking people. It's effective. Oh, I'm going to be immune. No, you'll have a little bit lesser symptoms. That's what it ends up being. So you'll have to get the vaccine every year to make sure you get less in symptoms, right? It's all this big illusion. And it's things like this that we're all talking about. And not even like whether or not understand one or all of us could be wrong in one way or another. The point is that it's about people who are objective, willing to consider both sides of a discussion. That's just not allowed in the, the era of whatever we want to call it, you know, the, the fake news era, the COVID era, or the Orwellian era. That's where we're going or where we are. <laughs> Dan. Yeah. So for me, I think uh, the thing that may have really pushed, pushed my channel over the edge was uh, back in April, I believe it was, in early April, uh, when I covered one of the uh, uh, anti-lockdown rallies here in Vancouver. Back then, there was only about 10 people, maybe a dozen people, who were actively getting out in the streets and trying to, you know, uh, vocally uh, speak out against this thing. Um, you, you, I don't know, people may have seen that uh, my, I tweeted about it. It went viral. It got well over 3 million views in, in one day. Um, hashtag end the lockdown was trending in Canada. Number one trend. The very next day, uh, the famous actor Seth Rogen chimed in and said, go home, you effing idiot. And uh, it, it was intense. But ever since then, the lockdown rallies have started to really expand and, and really, really grow to the point of thousands and thousands of people coming out now. And I've continued to uh, uh, promote those events and go out and document them and live stream them to YouTube. And then they started removing the live streams of me covering, covering these lockdowns because they don't want these ideas uh, getting out into the minds of the masses and people in other countries start thinking similar things. And that's exactly what we started to see. And we saw this protest grow in England. We saw it grow in Germany. We're seeing it grow everywhere right now. And I think they tried to nip it in the bud and, and you know, stop little, little, little guys like me from inspiring other people to go out there and do that. Uh, so I think it was a progression of, of that, essentially, my, my COVID-1984 coverage, essentially. And it may be possible to track this back, um, as Ryan said, to, 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 to literally Google uh, when I confronted Eric Schmidt at last year's Bilderberg in Switzerland, when I confronted him about removing uh, certain conservative right-leaning voices from the internet, um, and uh, five days later, I was completely demonetized from YouTube, and then just months later, I'm completely removed from the platform altogether. So maybe that's where it started. But I honestly think it was more so my, uh, my, my coverage of the anti-lockdown protests. All right, some obvious themes uh, keep popping up here for obvious reasons, I think. Um, yeah, obviously, this is timed in, uh, around the selections in the U.S. and, of course, around the vaccines and COVID-1984 hysteria, um, which, for the record, I'm not, I'm not backing down on. I'm, I'm talking about this openly. I just, for whatever reason, they haven't taken down my channel yet. But as I say, it's coming. So anyway, um, let's preemptively celebrate my departure from YouTube on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but let's, let's, let's think proactively. Let's think the future. Where is this heading? Uh, I want to get your thoughts on what you're excited about in the pioneering the sort of the, the, the next space, the decentralized web or whatever's coming. What, what sort of ideas are you most excited about? And uh, what do you think 
we don't have yet that we need to have in order to uh, to really recapture that that sort of spark that was taking place on the internet over a decade ago when most of us started. I wouldn't mind starting on that one. I'm what, what I'm really excited about right now is what I, it kind of feels like the wild wild west of, of the of the tech industry or, or these uh, decentralized platforms that are really vying to see who's going to come out on top right now. And, uh, you know, I got purged, what is all, over three months ago now. Uh, so I was kind of navigating this space all on my own here. And I started realizing, okay, I'm going to focus on uh, four platforms right now. BitChute, Minds, Float, and uh, uh, BitChute's Minds, Float, and Library. And uh, I started to see little problems with each and every one of them. So for example, um, you know, Float had really good processing time, but it didn't have the greatest playback. Uh, BitChute has great playback, but the processing time sometimes is an issue. Uh, Float doesn't have the ability to embed the video onto my website. That's a bit of an issue for me. Uh, LBRY was having certain playback issues. So I was starting to just kind of see who who's gonna come out on top. And what I ended up doing, is focusing a little bit more on BitChute. And the reason for that was simply because of the playback issue. And I mean, I think that's a big one. If people are having buffering issues uh, or they have to pause it, they, they might not watch the video. They might just click away and go check out something else, you know, change the channel uh, as they do. Um, so I, I think that's uh, what, what we're seeing now. And uh, I started, you know, kind of focusing more on BitChute because of that, uh, because they have better playback. But I, I want to see... I want. I want to. This. This is. Comp, this is good, healthy competition. You know. And I want to. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see who's gonna. Who's gonna come out on top and nail all the things uh, that us uh, content creators need. So I kind of diversified my video sharing platform portfolio, as I say, and kind of spread my eggs out into multiple baskets in the hopes that one of them are really, really gonna gonna take off. And I'm. I'm just excited to see. Uh, you know, all these different organizations and good people who believe in, in free speech kind of kind of competing right now to come out on top. That's what I love about this. It's, it's, it's like we're witnessing a free market for the first time. It's beautiful. Kind of reminds me a lot of the dynamic between John Lennon and Paul McCartney. They would clash with each other to be the best. And both of them are really good. You know, maybe you don't like them, but I, I think both of them are really good. And, and they got better music out of that because they were clashing and yelling at each other and hated each other. And while I don't think any of these social medias hate each other, because hopefully they're all in it for the same cause to get information out uh, uncensored. Uh, I think what, what Dan says is very true. I mean, it's, it's like the Wild West and we've gotten to this point where um, it's a crossroads in history, really. Um, it's, it's what I remember seeing on the internet back in 2002, 2003, 2004, this new world, I, I said brave new world like you as well. I shouldn't say that. Uh, it is this new world that we're kind of just breaking into because it's, it's new and, and not understood. And I think one of the things that will really lead a lot of these alternatives is investments. Honestly, people invest in Floater, Bitchute, or Library and Mines because the issue with a lot of these sites is that they don't have the money to put into the bandwidth, into the devs, into this kind of stuff. And so there's problems on it and people stop going to those websites. But the more people that go to those websites, the more people invest in those websites, the better the website gets and more people go to it. It kind of just goes in a circle. So I think that's really important to point out. Um, I, I would be lying if I said I was 100% optimistic. I like to be optimistic. I like to be as optimistic as possible. And long term, I am. But I would be lying to say that this isn't 
one of the scariest times in, in my life. And I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit freaked out about where we're going, especially in the next couple of years. And I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. That's in all honesty. But long term, I do believe we're on the right path. It's just navigating around this technocracy because we have to split the two. We have technology that could be used for good and technology that could be used for evil. And when we have Chinese style like social credit type technocracy coming down on us, forced vaccines and so much of the public, about 50 percent, completely blind to it. That scares the hell out of me because I want to be able to educate those people. And obviously it's hard to reach most of them. But maybe it's not really as much that way as it appears. Cause I look at news sites and I'll see the comments on them and you'll see sometimes almost every comment is ridiculous. Like, Oh, we need more lockdowns, masks. We need to shut down every business. You're selfish, blah, blah, blah. Then you'll see the reactions to all of them. And almost every single comment like that is all laugh reacts and stuff like that. Then you see on another news post, everyone just bashing the news station, mainstream news station for promoting COVID propaganda. And that really makes me feel good about it because there's a study that came out a couple of days ago that show, I think it was 46% of black Americans are, do not want the COVID vaccine. 56% of, of uh, regular, just all generalized every American, uh, I think it's like 55, 56%, somewhere around that line. I'd have to show you the exact stats. I was looking at it earlier. I'm going off um, script here uh, regarding what it actually says. But those of, of that, uh, of those people, 56% or so um, are against the vaccine, whereas 69% were in favor just a couple of months ago. People are waking up. I don't think the news is going to cover the fact that people are waking up because they only cover the, the small, crazy minority, like the 2% of people that scream at us that were hate speech because it benefits them. So they'll prop those people up, make them loud and make people believe that that is everything. And it's really not. I think most people have more common sense than that. And I see that on the streets everywhere I go in the world. I've been to nine countries this year, 32 US states, and almost everywhere I go, people don't buy this the, buy the story. But that's on the street. You don't get that on the news. So I'm optimistic from that point. Short term, though, eh, it doesn't look too good in like the next year or two. But we'll get there. Uh, I'll say what I'm excited about, uh, a couple of things. Um, well, first off, I guess similar issues to what everybody was saying about uh, the problems with the current alternative social media platforms, but also I, I do think that those things will work themselves out. Like just as one example, I know that, and probably others here in this call, um, know or have been in contact with Bill Ottman of Minds.com and uh, Jeremy, who's one of the creators of Library, he's available via email and people at BitChute answer emails. I mean, these are kinds of relationships we don't get with Zuckerberg or, you know, GooTube or whatever. So I, I feel good about that because I've been able to reach out and say, hey, I expressed some of the same problems you guys talked about. Like, for example, my whole channel is copied on Library and BitChute, but if you actually go try to search it, some of the videos don't show up in the search results. You'd have to scroll through them for hours to find them. And they just said, you know, search capacity costs money and we're trying to get it, you know, so we can have it working fully, but sometimes videos might not show up. So, you know, I, I empathize with that at the same time of like, all right, come on guys, this is what we need. We need scheduling. We need a way to interact with the community. We need all the thing, the good things of YouTube without any of the bad things. So I am optimistic that each of those teams are working to create the best product that they can so that people like us can embrace them and uh, use them and promote them and bring more people there. I'm also excited about another project that I have nothing to do with and I've just recently learned about that's called DWeb and it's like part of a larger thing of DSocial and 
I mean, these guys are working on some really brilliant things that if it does come out, it was supposed to roll out November 1st. I haven't checked in the last week, uh, but you know, sometimes projects take a little longer, but the idea is basically to not just go to alternative social media platforms. Cause like you guys were talking about, people are getting cut off at PayPal at MailChimp. You know, they're going to come after the DNS servers and the ISP addresses next, and then websites will be taken down themselves. But the idea with DWeb is that you can have a website that is hosted still on the World Wide Web, and it's not on the deep web where they need Tor, but it's still existing just in a more decentralized way, kind of like in the similar to the way people use torrents and stuff like that. So if that thing comes out and is successful, which is pretty exciting, like that, that could be really powerful. Um, I'm also excited and also at the same time, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how things play out to see like Ben Swan's doing his ice.media and David Ike's got his own thing and Mark Pastio is coming out with his own. People are kind of creating their own video sharing platforms in addition to alternative social media. And I know Ryan's on a couple and, you know, so the people are gravitating to different platforms. And in some ways, again, I feel like maybe that'll spread the audience then because I've had some of my listeners say, oh, I don't know where to look to find you, James, and this person, this person, you guys are all on different platforms. And, you know, I feel like there's some consistent ones that we're all on, but I do worry that maybe we spread ourselves too thin and people just don't know where to go. Um, so yeah, that's, that's both exciting and, and I guess we'll see how it plays out. And yeah, I mean, I think that the problems that we have now will be worked out. I do think that there are many, many people both in the crypto space and the encryption space who see what's happening, whether or not they buy into everything else that we talk about, they also see the problem with, with centralization of the internet and censorship. So I do have faith and hope people will speed up their work as quick as possible because we need their solutions. Well, I'll jump on next then. And uh, there, there's a lot, I think, to be excited about, but it's all uncertain at the end of the day, you know? But I mean, I definitely think the direction should be something of a, you know, a decentralized internet idea. We've all been kind of talking about toying with. I mean, there's different, you know, blockchain ideas. Holochain is one. Who knows if it's ever going to end up being viable? But that is, I think the only reason things like that aren't viable is because these monolithic, you know, monopolies make sure that they don't actually come to pass. But so that's the direction all this is going. And it is exciting because I do get the point of being spread out. But at the same time, if your content is on every single one of those platforms, why is that difficult to find? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's the, I think I almost go the other direction. As many as I possibly can on every possible platform, even YouTube, if they'll still, if they would have still let us, you know, and that's, that's kind of the idea. Get it in front of as many people as possible while not putting all your eggs in one basket. But I also do agree with, uh, with Dan in regard to, you know, maybe focusing on one, like getting a good following on BitChute and then as well as all the rest, you know, it, it, the exciting part is the fact that this is opening up at a time when, like Derek said before, I mean, I mean, not even le less than a year ago, I feel like people wouldn't have been this willing to jump away from YouTube and it's snowballing. And it's because of how, I do think it's because they rushed this to a degree. It had a very end game kind of feel to it and they were rushing this in and they were knocking people off and it really exposed how flagrant it was, you know, that they were accusing me of impersonating myself for like two months until they finally were like, oh, wait, we meant COVID-19. You know, it's just, it's just so clumsy. And that's what we can all see happening right now. And I, th I think ones like Odyssey or Library, which I think Odyssey is just kind of like their face to Library, but they're the same platform. That, that is a really good one. But again, it does have kind of these issues sometimes with playback and so on. And, you know, I think that's what the problem is, is you have all these, like, like Dan said, that have their one strong point, but none of them really have all of it at the same time. And I secretly wonder where some of these you know, I mean, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist, if you will, are maybe, you know, compromised in the back regard to never actually getting to, like, for instance, why isn't BitChute 
I mean, obviously finances is probably a good answer, but you know, focusing on getting streaming going, making sure they don't have processing issues for two days. You know, they could be viable. They could be better than YouTube right now if they had those things, you know? So I just wonder how difficult it is for some of these to get out of that area. Rumble's another good one, by the way. Rumble's a new platform I saw that I think is interesting with Embed and stuff like that. They have all these different ideas. But one thing I wanted to say on this, Mark, is that, and I've said this, I've floated this a couple of times in past shows, but I'm just going to, you know, say it, I guess, officially on the show now without giving like a name or anything because it's, you know, there's a lot going on, but I am absolutely 100% working with a group right now on a platform that, you know, you guys in this group right now are probably some of the first to hear about it. I believe, you know, James and Derek are a little more insight on this, but this is a platform being built right now that in my opinion has all of this stuff. And the point being is that I think the success of this kind of a model is about taking what YouTube did have, because we all agree that it was a success. That was a good platform that they ruined by making it no, no free speech, by censoring people without justification, by allowing the process to go away. That is what we need to do is get something like there's no point in recreating the wheel necessarily. Make sure we can reproduce something like that, that works in all the right ways. That's free. It's open. That doesn't manipulate your numbers, but then also add on things like, I don't know, get people the ability to month by month support your channel like Patreon does. So then you don't need two platforms or adding another thing on the front that's sort of like a Twitter equivalent. And you can see what having these all in the one spot could effectively do this. And it comes into the question of, you know, whether you got the finances and so on to keep it going. And I think this is a problem that there will not be in existence for the platform we're working on. And this is the point. So as this goes forward, and you'll be hearing about it in the near future, maybe not, you know, a month from now, but in so many months, we, we will be talking about this. And so the point just to say that, and the reason I'm even floating it now is to have hope to know that a lot of these things are coming and whether it ends up being the one I'm working on or, or something that two people do after that, that's better. I'll support whatever ends up, ends up working and bring people together to continue to allow people to speak freely, you know? And I, I don't know what's not exciting about that personally. All right, then uh, let me throw my hat in the ring here. I agree with, with all the things that you're talking about and all the, the problems that exist, but the, the solutions that are coming on board. And I'm excited about the way this is developing. And that, uh, honestly, to me, is the uh, important part of this. I'm excited about what is happening because there are a lot of ideas that are coming on board. And this is activating people in a way that it wouldn't have happened if this purge and all this garbage wasn't happening. People wouldn't have been as interested in these alternatives as they are now. So this is the moment to capture that interest and channel it into something productive. And I uh, share, Derek, I share your excitement about decentralized web, all the different things that are being planned and, 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 and tested at the moment uh, is very exciting because that really is the direction we need to be heading to use the internet like it was meant to be used as a decentralized network where we do not have to congregate and put all of our eggs in someone else's basket, which is what we do when we put, oh, don't worry, YouTube will take care of all my videos. They've got it on their server. Oh no, they erased them. <laughs> I never thought that would happen. I mean, yeah, uh, it's just basic, but people weren't thinking like that a decade plus ago, were they? And now they are. So that that is a good step and I'm excited about that. And hey, this is, after all, a party. Woo. So let's, let's, uh, we could talk about this for hours, I'm sure, but let's, uh, let's wrap it up here at the risk of boring people to death during our party. <laughs> I think this is a good, happy note to end things on. We are progressing forward. We are going to pioneer a new space and the cool kids will join us and then everyone else will flock in later and maybe ruin it and we'll have to pioneer a new space, but <laughs> such is the cycle of life. So let's go around the table. And once again, just tell people 
in a, in a couple words, what's the best and easiest way they can reach you uh, now that you are deplatformed from the GooTube? Uh, let's start with Derek. We can't hear you at the moment, Derek. Nope, sorry about that. Yeah. I was saying the best place to find my work is always going to be theconsciousresistance.com. I have all the platforms that I'm on listed right there in front, Minds, Float, BitChute, Library, everything we talked about. I also use a text list, which allows me to text people directly to their phone and say, hey, I have a video coming out right now, or I just put out a new article. I've found that that's been really helpful. It's not as you know big as followed as some of my other platforms, but it definitely is the most direct. Um, and then the other thing I want to say to just encourage people to use these alternative platforms, because if they are going to grow, we need more than just conspiracy research content. We need you to upload your favorite, you know, music, especially the platforms that don't care about copyrights. And, uh, you know, we need cat videos. We need how to videos. We need recipe videos. We need all the stuff that the normies go to YouTube to look for because people go there for makeup tutorials. They go there for everything. So we need the crypto crowd and the millennials and Gen Z and all these different people to be aware of these platforms that they exist, that they can speak freely on them, that some of them they can make, you know, crypto income or whatever features they have. Cause I think that's the key is, and even myself, I listen to a lot of streaming music and I keep trying to remind myself and I find myself late. I don't need to go to YouTube to search for that song. I need to, you know, look for something to listen to on library. There's lots of music on library as well as some other platforms. And uh, I'm going to be making music channels myself where I'm just going to be uploading playlists of songs I like just to have the content on there and the hopes that other people come along searching will find it. So that's just my other advice out there. But things are exciting. So thanks, guys, for supporting. Josh. Uh, I'm on uh, Library slash Odyssey, World Alternative Media, BitChute, World Alternative Media, and at Josh Sigurdsson on float.app, that's F-L-O-T-E dot A-P-P, or joinfloat.com, either way. Um, they built that platform based on watching the censorship that was happening to me. And you can now back up your Facebook history on Float in the settings. You can do all of that, um, you know, the Facebook, Twitter kind of settings you can see on Float, great community, as well as, of course, um, post videos, do live streams and get super chats in cryptocurrency on there. So I really hope people join there as well. You know, we heard a few people say, oh, my favorite's BitChute, my favorite's library, my, my favorite's float. So I think that's really good because we are putting ourselves in those different positions. And before I pass it on to the next person, I just want to quickly point out that um, while a lot of people are going, oh, there's too many places to join. Remember, people, the same people, a lot of the same people that are saying that are on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Tumblr, Reddit, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, you know, Snapchat, all these different platforms, surely they can go to a few different uh, independent social media networks and really, um, you know, bring their audience there. And I'm already seeing that flock to all these other alternatives. And it's a really good thing going forward. So very optimistic about that. And thank you very much, James, for having me. All right, Dan. Um, pressfortruth.ca is the best place to go. Uh, bitshoot.com slash pressfortruth, minds.com slash pressfortruth, uh, float.app slash dandix, uh, pft, and lbry.tv slash press, uh, pressfortruth. Um, those are all the best places uh, right now, and it's all uh, located right there at pressfortruth.ca. Um, so I'm just going to, as I said, going to be focusing on, on, on those four, and who knows, maybe some new ones as well. As we said, we're currently in the middle of this wild, wild west of, of these new platforms coming up. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where people can find me. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for having me on and letting me, uh, uh, promote my new, new channels moving forward. That's what this is all about. And Ryan. 
Well, most definitely the lastamericanvagabond.com. And I think that the, the website aspect is what's so important behind all this, because I, I argue probably most of us have all the links to all of these things probably on our website, you know, and that's the, the hub, you know, and I don't know about everybody else, but I just recently got a dedicated server for the website. So it's even more protected in regard to, you know, just them just removing it from GoDaddy, which was also how uh, it's been happening in the past. Uh, Derek just mentioned Hive as well. That's an important one to mention in there. Um, but I mean, I, right now I'm streaming on, on uh, Rockfin, Float, 3Speak, Periscope, VK, all kinds of different platforms. Then I upload it afterward to, you know, by the way, I would be streaming if they had the streaming possibility. And that's, that's the important part, but to Odyssey and all these different things after the fact. And there's just so many things out there, but just go to any of them and search for The Last American Vagabond because, you know, the funny thing, they actually give the search results on those platforms and you'll find us if you search for our names. So that's the difference you won't find on things like YouTube. So just get out there and search for us and follow our work on whatever platforms. And as Josh made such an excellent point there, it's more of a mental thing to think you, I can't have more platforms. You already have so many platforms or just a kind of side note. Yeah, like I do such long videos. Everyone knows that. I used to do clips of these videos. People say, why don't you make clips? I can't watch that long. So I said, okay, fine. I took so much time. I broke them up into clips. And then I started looking at the metrics on the back end. Guess what was weird? Most people ended up watching about two hours of the clips when they did anyway. <laughs> it's, it's in your mind to think you don't have time for these things. And, you know, it's about just finding it and making sure it's important to you. That's what this really comes down to. Uh, in regard to the text thing, I thought was important as well. I use a, an app called wire.com. You sign up for wire.com. It's essentially, uh, you know, at the time it was serving for the ping that was supposed to be happening on YouTube that never happens. But it's it's a chat group that you can sign up for. And before I do any live content, I send out a ping that goes out to everybody in my group. You know, there's a lot of things like that. So that's what we should be finding out. Interconnectivity, person to person, avoid... Xing out the, the banking system and the governments and the platform control, doing it between ourselves. That's what it's really about. So thank you for having us, James. I mean, this is, we need more stuff just like this. Appreciate it. Well, again, I just want to stress, this is not a, a funeral. We're not, oh, oh, poor us. Oh no, what will happen? No, this is about us taking the situation by the horns and using it to help drive people towards the real solutions. So uh, that's what this is about. It's a party. And uh, Derek, you, you brought up the specter of music, so uh, I think we have to leave with uh, a rousing rendition of uh, IP Freely, Screw YouTube, right? Everyone knows the words, right? I think we'll leave it there. What do you guys think? <laughs> I wish I brought my guitars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cheers. Thanks, everyone. And of course, the links to everyone's websites are going to be in the show notes for this. So go check it out. Go support them. Support the independent media that's been doing this for over a decade now and will continue doing it, just not on the control platforms. That's all for today. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com. See you guys later. <laughs>